Hello, my name is Taylor Clement and I'm the head of school at Kirk Day School. And I'm Maria Massey, I'm the school counselor at Kirk Day School. And parents, this week we are going to be talking about privacy. And we're going to be looking at digital privacy, personal privacy, conversational privacy, all the different things, quite frankly, that our kids have to learn, need to learn, and we're going to be diving into that. So, as we start today, we're going to really look at this, and let's really just start with, Maria, what you see on a regular basis in kids and the struggle between understanding privacy versus maybe discretion. Sure. I mean, in the world of social media, I think the question of even what privacy is has been brought up. Um, I think we can all talk about privacy in the context of, like, credit card companies and um, you know, people accessing our information, but our kids earlier and earlier are starting to have to balance what is okay to put out there on social media and what's not. And honestly, I don't know if we're doing a great job of, of even understanding where those lines are. I think that that needs to be a question that we're asking because to them, social media is totally normal. Uh, It is something that they have grown up with, and it's something that they see, they see it as a place where people express themselves. And there are varying levels of how open people are on social media, and so it's a good question to ask as far as what is, what does privacy look like in the midst of this social media era? So one of the pieces that I was thinking about as you and I were kind of prepping for this conversation was honestly the the difference between maybe etiquette Mm -hmm. and how the etiquette has changed, uh, particularly as it revolves around the idea of being tactful Mm -hmm. and in thinking about that. So, you know, an election year comes around, hey, who'd you vote for? Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's not really a socially appropriate question. It might be something that very close friends will talk about, but that's kind of it. But kids don't really see that and so there's kind of an awareness there that we have to teach them about it and so going back to that discretion or even uh, tactfulness etiquette whatever term you would like to use we have to teach them how to do that so there's obviously certain things within our families that we want to to do and I think about all the kids that I've been able to teach over the year high school and on down and you know it's it's funny things uh, Mm -hmm. that you might see on like kids say the darndest things of like you know, hey, Mrs. So-and-so, my mom says you should shave your mustache mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, sure. it can be kind of sure. humiliating and embarrassing. Things we don't talk about versus things that are really private, sure. right? Um, it could be anything from finances to how much your dad makes to uh, even where you're going on vacation, things like that. So what have you seen, at least from, from your side of the table, of what kids struggle with of sharing between the two things? Yeah, I think... Again, we have to always look at what our culture is telling us because it is the air that we breathe. And I think a lot of what kids are seeing now is people who they know and respect publicizing their life on YouTube or Instagram. Right. I know kids don't really use Facebook, um, but these, you know, the YouTube stars are kind of the the celebrities for our kids. And a lot of these YouTube stars really share personal struggles. Uh, They share, you know, 
personal details of their life on YouTube for the whole world to know. And that's normal. Well, and we crave that. And we right? crave that. We crave yes. authenticity. We crave Definitely. we crave that in novels. Yes. We crave that in, in other stories or memoirs or what whatever that may be. We crave authenticity. Mm-hmm. But we also know when is it appropriate to share your authentic nature or your authentic self in a way that can be uplifting and supportive versus maybe just damaging, particularly as we're dealing with children in the age of innocence. Yeah, because there's a difference between you sitting down with a friend and having a conversation where you share something hard um, or that is more private that, that you want to share because you trust that person. There's a difference between that and someone sharing personal private information on YouTube and getting, you know, a million views. Right. Like that's a there's a very distinct difference there that adults understand, but our kids are are growing up in a world where that's normal. So you just hit on something very specific um, and that that's the word trust. Yeah. So I think about high schoolers a lot. So about 10 years ago, uh, I was a dean of students at a high school, and an issue that came up was a picture of a young boy went around of him in the bathroom and in a stall. And the way this story kind of played out was some guys went to the boys' restroom. It was, it was a class break, and one of the boys was using the restroom, and a kid put his phone above the stall, took mm-hmm. a picture, and sent it out to some friends. And there was trust broken there, right? Definitely. There's a trust. There's a natural societal trust that when you go into a bathroom, that you should have privacy if you're in a stall, mm-hmm. despite the fact that you can get look over if you absolutely had to or under whatever that is, unfortunately. Yeah. There, there's a trust that was broken. And that trust wasn't just that the kid put his phone above the stall. It was that he began to send that photo out to others. And, of course, the victim here is the kid who is innocently going to the bathroom. And, you know, there were some really hard things that came out of this, a really, really hard situation. And it was also very new at the time to be able to share photos like sure. that. We see that that privacy of personal self, of we see a, a spiritual privacy, a heart privacy, a physical privacy, and then even I would I would say kind of the, a privacy within friendships. But it's all based around trust and how you share it and with whom you share it. And I think that is being broken down more and more and more because of what social media asks us to do. And, and share those those private moments Definitely. with the world. Yes. And, I mean, we're praised for it. Right. And people who come out and share their stories on social media are praised for it, which is not, it's not all bad. Like, there is good to people, you know, Carson Daly, for example, um, has come out recently and shared about his struggle with anxiety. And there is so much good to that brings awareness, brings normalcy to it. But we have to teach our kids that that we have to teach our kids the difference between that and airing out all of whatever you're thinking or feeling, you know, where is that line? This where, is not the airing of grievances in Seinfeld. Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and especially I think sometimes we as parents need to remember that our kids are still kids and especially once kids hit that tween teen phase it's really hard to remember that uh and you know especially if we have a strong-willed child 
who seems to be really mature and responsible. I think we just always need to be asking ourselves, even though our culture has changed and even though the way that we get and receive information is so different, that doesn't necessarily mean that our children are ready for that. Just because culture says that our children are ready for that doesn't mean that our children are ready. We have to weigh that as parents, right. if that makes sense. That makes, that makes perfect sense. So there's also been a societal shift in the way that we have people in our homes. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, we've talked before, there's, there's a big difference, you know, in the 90s, somebody knocked on your door, you'd run to the door. Nowadays, you're like, oh my goodness, hide and get down. And there's some, there's some <laughs> yes. comical things out there about that. But also just with the intelligence and, and maybe the Edward Snowden effect that, that we've now seen. Mm-hmm. With, with devices in our home and, mm-hmm. and listening, and whether it be the government, whether it be these, these corporations listening. Alexa. This, right. Yeah. So we have an Alexa in our home. And it's interesting to ask Alexa or say, hey, Google, you know, what are you listening to my mm-hmm. conversation? And the response that they get, mm-hmm. or give rather, it's an interesting thing. And so we have to be really cognizant of that. And so there's this other piece of privacy. And this is really the message that our kids are getting. So I'm going to actually play a, a clip from a trailer. It's, the movie's called The Circle. It's an okay movie. But philosophically speaking, it's very interesting in the way that things are portrayed. I am a believer in the perfectibility of human beings. At The Circle, we can finally realize our potential. When we are our best selves, there isn't a problem that we cannot solve. We can cure any disease and we can end hunger. Imagine the human rights implications. The possibilities are endless. And so that's really what we see is we we see that technology is going to make our world better. Mm-hmm. We see that technology can solve mm-hmm. all these issues that kids struggle with. That you know, so many of our kids think that they're more uh, sociologists than they are theologians at times, and so they want to, to solve problems or they have a they have a heart response to these things instead of maybe more of a of a God response. Mm-hmm. And so they're thinking, oh man, these things are great. Now in the movie, as it plays out, and I'm not giving anything away, it really begins to balance. The, the level between privacy and openness and what, what's healthy, what's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really give you an answer, but it does make you struggle with these questions. And so it's a fascinating paradox that we have before us. But this is being placed on our kids who, one, don't have their frontal lobe fully developed yet. Totally. And two, are having to wrestle with things that obviously are deeper than what they're prepared for. Yes. And so where do we go and preparing them would yeah. be the question that we have to ask as parents. Yeah, and I think something to remember too, just from our own perspective, is you know I was in college when um, smartphones really started to take off, um, so I was already becoming an adult when that device was put in my hand. Our kids now have these devices. I mean, Millie knows my one and a half year old knows how to get access to my phone like she knows when it's on and when it's not so we have to remember that even though these kids have grown up with this it again we were so much older and had so much more awareness as an adult of what that looks like and you're even talking about being a digital native versus being a digital immigrant exactly we were all immigrants Right, yes. things were new, but we yes. were, were versus being born into something yes. that, that becomes second nature, but also having to learn these things yeah. very differently. Very differently. So I think 
one question that we have to ask as parents is what you know what can our kids hold how how big is their suitcase and how much do we want to load that up I think we as parents can either go let's just give them all the information right now tell them how the world is so that they can learn how to deal with it and then I think you know the other spectrum of that would be let's protect and shield our kids from everything and I think it's not necessarily where you fall on that spectrum as much as understanding that each kid is probably going to respond differently and that each kid is going to be at a different stage of development to where they may be able to handle something differently than their brother or sister did at that right. age and that's okay so having like kind of a standard this is what we do with technology and then but it being flexible enough to where you can move within it to kind of adapt to each kid so I have a niece that's in middle school, and you talk about just the individual nature. She was one of the last people to get a phone in her grade, which mm-hmm. is very hard to do these days, yeah. especially uh, if you're financially viable to be able to, to afford the phone. It's just really a discipline, and that's that's a tough thing, and I get it. There's there's many reasons to and not to give a child a phone, regardless of, of your circumstances. But early in her time in middle school, one of the things that she had was an iPod Touch that had iMessage on mm-hmm. it. And she was able to turn that on, turn that off, had a little bit more control than you know being a part of an LTE network, something like that. And what happened was so interesting. It was over the holidays, and she had turned it off and put it away at night, and so she's still young, young enough to, to know to do that, right? And she went in the car and was traveling so there's no Wi-Fi access for her she gets to a place and turns it on and she had over a hundred text messages Wow just on on that from her friends none of it was serious none of it was gossipy it was just a lot of foolishness but it overwhelmed her and she said hey I want to I want to put this away now that's a really sweet moment that's really great that's her some kids would thrive on that. Mm-hmm. I would actually get really excited to read uh, a lot of it when I was younger. Nowadays, I'd be more like her, want to throw it in the lake or something. And again, we, I mean, I know I feel like a broken record, but our culture tells us to give our kids privacy. Our culture, our culture says you don't need to enter in to their text messages or their social media posts or what, you know, there's that constant conversation. And... I would just say we need to pause and, and say let's a, let's let's look at our child on the individual level as opposed to you know children as a whole. When I was preparing for this, I googled just privacy, internet privacy for kids, and there was an article that came up about um, on I think it was Real Simple or something, and I mean expert after expert was saying, you know, you build trust by giving your kids opportunities to let them trust you, you know, or, uh, which totally makes sense. Like, you know, you give them a phone, if they can handle it responsibly, that builds trust. Totally makes sense. But there's also this idea out there that once they reach a certain age, that's kind of the, the freedom. They've reached that age. They're mature Mm -hmm. enough now to deal with whatever. And I would just pause at that because, again, we don't know. Um, 
if every kid at that age, there's no magic number where we can say, yeah, this kid's ready for social media. We really need to take that on a case-by-case basis with our kids, which is really hard to do, especially yeah. when their friends have all these social media accounts. Um, and ultimately, it comes on the parents to be responsible for always. that. And for my yes. seat, it's always it's the parents' always responsibility. The parents. Those decisions are so hard to make. I'll give a quick so example, hard. and then, then I want to get into to another question. But an example of this was a friend of mine. Their son is in college now. He's getting ready to graduate from college. During their son's senior year of high school, he was very seriously dating a girl. And every night through high school, the son was required to turn his phone in to his parents and charge his phone in their room at night. So he couldn't go up to his room and, and do that on his own, and which I think is a very wise, mm-hmm. pragmatic move. And the parents always had access to the phone. And so one night, the dad went through some text messages between he and the girl, uh, and all of a sudden, he said, okay, I need to have a conversation with my son. He didn't make him break up. He didn't take the phone away. He had a conversation about it, and he also knew what his son needed. Now, it was a strict conversation. It was a, it was a conversation of learning, but it was also a conversation out of love, mm-hmm. which is yeah. really different in the, in the paradigm. I think my parents would have taken my phone away, possibly, mm-hmm. and, and because it was a different era. That wouldn't have been their fault, but it was interesting the, the approach that he had on that, that he, A, I think is a parent, he's paying the bill, therefore he has the right to the information, and I'm, I'm happy to disagree with people on this, but I do think when a child is in your home, that, that God calls you to disciple and to help develop that child, boy, girl, mature, immature, age, young, old, whatever, as long as is there within your roof and home. Now, obviously, if they're adults and they move back, it's a little different. Yeah. But I do think there is some prudence to that. Definitely. So let's go with this question: journaling. Yes. Right. Yes. Dear diary Dear is diary. a little different than did you see my Snapchat story? It is. You know, I remember one vacation, my parents got a hold of my diary and read it. And I had journaled about a friend who was struggling with depression and having some scary thoughts. And they confronted me about it and was like, you need, we need to do something about this. In that case, I'm really glad that my parents read my journal, you know, because I was dealing Mm -hmm. with something that I didn't know how to deal with. And I'm really glad that they talked to me about that. I think every family has to decide whether or not they want to read the, their their child's journal. I think the biggest question we need to ask nowadays and that we need to teach our children is that a journal is different than a social media post. A journal is kept at your house, probably locked away, um, or at least hidden. But let's define journal. Yeah, I think you're even defining pen to pen paper. Pen to paper, yes. In a, in a book. In a book. Versus an, a website that might be an online journal or yes that is not yeah that is that is not the same thing right a journal that your child writes in at home and keeps on paper in her drawer is much different than a blog that your child writes right um, it's much different than the text messages that your child writes because if it's put on that phone or that device I just assume that it can be seen by somebody at some point 
And I don't, kids don't always get that. We right. may say that, but they may not understand that. Well, that was hard for me to understand. Well, and I think as adults, we, we obviously can understand the difference between even doing something very personal in the office and, you know, you think about printing something mm-hmm. at, at the office. And I think, man, if, when I have to print, print confidential information about something yes. here, you know, I'm going to stand at the printer yes. waiting on yes. that. But if I had, think about how much more diligent I would be if I was doing something of my own personal self, you know, yeah. tax season. Yeah. Or I had to print something out exactly. and I'm at the office. I'm taking care of that very differently than I would if I was at home and I kind of had that freedom. And I think kids don't really have the balance right now because mm-hmm. sometimes, albeit they're in their safest physical space in their bedroom, mm-hmm. they might be in their most unsafe space in their bedroom on their device. Mm-hmm. And so there becomes this schism between a physical and emotional safety, mm-hmm. and that's a very confusing place for a child to be yeah. versus if they were writing in a diary that they could hide, even lock up, or a journal for this matter, something that allows them to know that it cannot be replicated without their full permission and or understanding. Sure, and you would know if it was re- replicated because it wouldn't be there, right? They, right? Somebody would have to come in and physically take the diary. And with and who would that be? It would be your family. Yes. And again, we go yes. back to that question of trust. There's a trust established yes. there. But I never, we don't get notified, maybe on Snapchat you do, if someone takes a screenshot. But if I send a text message to my husband, there's no notification to me that he's taken a screenshot of that text message. Right. You know, and so, and I don't wanna, you know, be the the person that is over fearful I just think it's a conversation we need to have with our kids because again their world is this device they've only known a world with these devices and I think we forget at times that we have to teach them about this and I think one other question to ask is is just who, who do you want to raise your child and I know that may seem that's a pretty dramatic obvious question. like Yes, of course I'm going to raise my child. But in a world where we have constant communication with pretty much anyone we want, we have to understand that it has a profound impact on their worldview, on how they see themselves. Peers are not, friends are not just calling on the phone at, you know, 7 o'clock at night and you're talking for an hour now. As soon as they get out of school, they're in constant communication with their peers. And so we have to realize the profound impact that peers are now having, more Mm -hmm. so than they have on our kids. There's so much good to that and normal and we want that, but we just have to realize that that's happening at a much larger, in a much larger scale than it was. So a guy that I've mentioned before and and I'm a big fan of is Leonard Sachs. And one of the things that he talks about in his book, Collapse of Parenting, is that our kids are growing up too quickly and that they're being exposed to too much too quickly and that we give them too much freedom mm-hmm. too soon. And it's really interesting, mm-hmm. really, really interesting. He gives an example of a, of a young man that his mother thought he was depressed, he wasn't really doing, he wasn't sleeping well, he wasn't doing well in school, he didn't have a lot of motivation or energy, and it turns out he was just staying up too late at night. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that our other kids do not have serious problems that Definitely. we need to look into. But it's interesting to see the freedoms that we give our kids because we get to a certain spot. And, and I'm guilty of that. I've got two young kids at home, 
my wife and I were talking the other day, wow, this summer is going to be so much better than last summer because we're going to be able to sit in our chairs and watch our kids play instead of have to play with them constantly, yep. right? Now, that's a lie. We're yeah. still going to have to sure. parent and be there, but we can't just, you know, veg out and yeah. be on our phones while our kids are enjoying the outdoors, something like that. I mean, we still need to be emotionally present. But again, who's raising our kid? Is it a swing set that's going to raise our kid? in that moment or is it going to be if we're getting older is it going to be uh, an unfiltered unstructured device that our that Mm -hmm. our kids have in their hands that's i think more the question that you're that you're pointing to and i do think that our kids are so so vulnerable Mm -hmm. to these things because like the clip i played earlier and that was tom hanks by the way uh, speaking for those of you that couldn't see that but they think, yeah, there's going to be a way to solve the world. I mean, you look at Iron Man, mm-hmm. you look at Black mm-hmm. Panther, you look at a, a lot of different superheroes that, that are very much in the know. Almost all the Marvel heroes have some type of technology that has been harvested for the betterment of the world. That's a really interesting worldview that is being put on them mm-hmm. instead of pointing to the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Definitely, definitely. And I think just always asking ourselves, you know, one of the points that Leonard Sachs brings up in that book, The Collapse of Parenting, is basically that we're allowing our peers to raise our children now. Peers are, their friends are raising them. And that's because they have so much more access to them. And for parents, it's hard to know how to balance that. It's hard to know what to do with a cell phone when your kid's 10. And I don't, you know, there are lots of different opinions out there. I think we just need to be aware that it has an effect on our kids. And I, I think I would sum our conversation up by saying that privacy is as much wisdom and, and spiritual wisdom in that. And Scripture clearly says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord, to define that, is knowing that when we get away from His rule, His law, that we open ourselves up to a lot of danger. Definitely. Um, and that's the fear. It's it, and Yes, we do have a, a God that, that is an all-powerful God, but we have a God that's loving and caring, mm-hmm. and we don't have to fear Him in that m- nature. We do need to fear sin mm-hmm. and, and fear what it's like to be away from Him. And I think with privacy, it is a true balance of knowing when and where to be fearful, when and where to protect and when and where to press in on are we being wise in our decision making and quite frankly we have some really mature we have some really smart kids but maturity and smart does not equal wise and wisdom is going to come with age that's obvious Mm -hmm. I hope that I can become wiser and wiser as my years go on but wisdom is most importantly going to come with the knowledge of scripture and the knowledge of pointing to Jesus and our kids are still learning that and we're here to disciple them as parents as teachers as a community to really develop them in that way and that's where privacy is going to come down and parents I would say we have to develop and work together for that wisdom as a whole yeah yeah and we're going to grow together in that wisdom and and hopefully more can come out to where we can help filter and do a better job of that together with with our kids definitely because it's really hard and we don't have all the answers Well, that's all we're going to talk about today. We're going to have more to talk about, particularly as it comes to 
digital citizenship, and we're going to have some guests on the podcast uh, coming up. But parents, thanks so much for listening. Keep sending us your comments and uh, feedback. We love for these to keep going, but thanks so much for listening.